the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So our Chaldean liturgy is really beautiful. And if you didn't know, in the Chaldean church, we have seven different seasons uh, within our church. And these seasons are kind of different times of the year that we go through. And every season has a certain meaning. And so today is a new season. It's called the season of the church. And so this is the first Sunday of the church. And this is probably one of my favorite seasons of the entire church because it really celebrates the beauty of the church. You'll even hear the choir will be singing a very beautiful hymn today uh, called Amarleta Eka, right? Which is a beautiful hymn uh, that is so ancient and so beautiful about the beauty of the church, the church that Jesus Christ has given us. And I think it's beautiful that uh, this gospel where Jesus is asking his disciples, you know, who, who are people saying, what are people saying about me? Who are they saying I am? And so they give him some answers, you know, you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're one of the prophets. But then he goes further to say, but who do you say that I am? Who are you telling people who I am? What are you telling them? And Peter gives uh, a really beautiful response that Jesus is the Christ. He's saying, you are the Messiah, you are the Savior. And so, as I've been reflecting on that question, I always think about who is Jesus to me, right? We should know who Jesus is to us. And my common response will be, well, Jesus is my everything, right? Jesus is my Lord and my God. Jesus is my entire life. But as I was reflecting deeper this week, uh, the, another question that I was asking myself is, okay, why do I believe that? And I think many of us would have that answer, right? That Jesus is my God, Jesus is my King, He's my Lord, He's my everything. And so I think a lot of us would have that response to who Jesus is. But I think the more important question is, why do I believe that? Why do I believe that Jesus is God? Why am I even Catholic? And as I've been reflecting on that question, I think the one reason, and there's many reasons why I believe that and why I'm Catholic. I think we need to know what our why is. Because once we lose that, we're going to start to lose our faith. If I don't know why I believe, not just who Jesus is, knowing who Jesus is is one thing. We preach about that a lot. But knowing why I believe is something totally different, but I think much more important. Because if I have a why, then any trial or any temptation or any suffering or any cross that comes my way, that why will never be shaken. I need to know why I believe in Him. And so why do I believe in Jesus? Why do I stand here today as a priest of Jesus Christ? Really, it's one word. Eucharist. That's why I believe in Jesus. Because of the Eucharist. Because of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. That's why I believe that Jesus is God. Because of the Eucharist. And as I answered that question to myself and to the Lord, I looked at the readings for this Sunday. And if we paid attention to the first reading, it comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 6. And in this chapter, what we just heard is Isaiah is trans transferred to the sanctuary of God. And he's standing at the sanctuary of God and, he, and an angel appears to him and he tells the angel, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. And what does the angel do? The angel takes a burning coal from the altar 
Think of the burning coal, especially if you smoke hookah, you know what coals are, right? So he takes a burning coal from the altar and he places it on his lips, in his mouth. And he says, now you've been made clean. Now this is in the Old Testament. And what this signifies, what this symbolizes, is what's going to happen later in the Bible, where Jesus gives us his body and his blood in our mouths, on our tongues. The burning coal in the Old Testament is the Eucharist. That is Jesus. And it's a symbol to prefigurement of what's to come, of what's to happen through Jesus Christ. And now this coal is not just some dead coal. It's not a coal that hasn't been lit. Isaiah is very clear. This is a burning coal. This is a coal that is alive. And it's taken from the altar. And what happens every time we come to Mass? One of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, Yeah, Father, I, I came to Mass and I took the bread. It's not the bread. <laughs> this isn't the same bread that you have at home, right? That you dip in your tahin and silan, right? This is not bread. This is the body of Christ. The body of Christ. It is Jesus Christ. And so when I come to Mass, just as Isaiah received this burning coal from the altar, we come to Mass and we receive the living body of Christ. Jesus burning for us. That's what we receive. And I think sometimes we kind of lose that focus or that importance of the Eucharist of this beautiful gift that God has given us. Some people don't even believe in the Eucharist. And not just anyone, but our Catholics. Some of our own people. But what's so interesting to me, many of us have heard of Satanists, right? And these are people who worship the devil. So they have something called a black mass. And that is their own type of mass that's a complete mockery of our mass. So Satanists, these who worship the devil, what they'll actually do is they'll go into Catholic churches, they will pretend to receive the Eucharist, and instead of receiving, they'll take the Eucharist with them so that in their black mass, they can do something evil to the Eucharist and desecrate the Eucharist. Isn't it interesting that they take the Eucharist with them? They don't take the Quran. They don't take a statue of Buddha. They take the Eucharist. And it's sad that sometimes people who worship the devil have more faith in the Eucharist than we who profess to believe in Jesus. Who profess that Jesus is our God. Who receive him in the Eucharist. Satanists have more belief in that than us. Than we do. The Eucharist is so powerful. I'll never forget during COVID. COVID was a very special time that was actually given to us by God himself. God allowed COVID for a reason. Think about it. For three months, our churches were closed. Thank God I was a priest. I had mass every single day. But I heard the struggle of people who couldn't go to mass. The struggle of people who couldn't receive the Eucharist. Now what I find so interesting about that is around that same time there was a study that came out that only 30% of Catholics actually believed in the Eucharist. Isn't it interesting that when that study came out around that same time the churches closed down. 
We talk so much about God being loving and merciful, which is true, which is beautiful, but God is also just. He gives what we deserve. And so I think God allowed COVID for a reason, for us to really recognize and see what we were missing. To see what we actually believed in. And I saw it in a very powerful way. I remember during quarantine, we had Easter, and the week after Easter was Divine Mercy Sunday. And on Divine Mercy Sunday, many of our churches, if you remember, planned these Eucharistic outdoor adoration times. And it was the first time that we were inviting people to come back to the church. We didn't let people inside, but we let people come in their cars into the parking lot. And many of the churches had beautiful, beautiful things set up for the Eucharist to be displayed and for people to come and pray in their cars. I remember being at St. George during that time, and they literally had to close down the parking lot of the church because way too many people were coming, and they were scared that the cops were going to be called. (laughs) But I'll never forget during that time that we had the outdoor adoration, us priests took the monstrance and we started processing around the parking lot. Because it was so busy, people couldn't even park anymore. And so we started processing around the parking lot with the Eucharist in our hands. And I saw people weeping. People were weeping when they saw Jesus. Because it was for the first time in a couple of months, maybe it was about a month and a half, the first time that they were seeing Jesus really in the Eucharist and not just on a screen. And people were weeping. It really hit me hard as a priest. Because for me, I was in front of the Eucharist. I lived with the Eucharist. But so many people didn't. So many of, none of you did, right? Unless you found a way to break into the church, God bless you. (laughs) But we really realized what we were missing. The Eucharist is so powerful. That's just a testimony of my own experience that I saw with the Eucharist. The whole reason I'm a priest, the whole reason I believe in Jesus is because of his body and his blood, because of what he does for us. And so we need to understand that that needs to be our why. Because he is powerful. He is so powerful. Jesus wants us to be with him in the Eucharist. And I think so many times we keep ourselves away for a number of reasons especially in Mass, right? I know so many people who will not come to church because they're in sin. You know, oh, I've sinned too much, I've fallen too much, and so I can't go to church right now. I'm not worthy to to sit in church. If I sit in church, the pew is going to start burning. And some people actually have that belief that if I'm not right with God, I can't come to church. But Jesus wants us in our weakest moments. Jesus wants us in front of him when we need him the most. When we're so broken and dark and weak, that's when he wants us. Now, receiving the Eucharist is a totally different story. I should not receive Jesus unless I've prepared my heart, whether that's in confession, confessing my serious sins, confessing my mortal sins, so that I'm ready to receive him in the Eucharist. 100%. I need that. I should not receive Jesus in the Eucharist. If I come forward, I need to cross my hands on my chest, receive that blessing. St. Paul talks about that. 
He says, those who receive Jesus unworthily receive condemnation and judgment upon themselves. This is real. But I need to learn to come to him. I mean, think of our adoration chapels. I don't think we understand how blessed we are in this state of Michigan. I don't know if you've ever traveled, but if you have, it's very hard to find chapels that have adoration 24-7. But we are so blessed in this state, in our city, in where we live, that there's many adoration chapels that are open 24-7. We have one right here. St. Thomas has one. You know, there's many other beautiful locations. St. Mary's in Orchard Lake has one. Uh, the Monastery of the Blessed Sacrament on 13 and Middlebelt has one. So many places where I can go and pray, go and see Jesus, go and sit with Him. That's what I need to do. That's the commitment I need to take. There is power in the Eucharist. I want to end with this story that I experienced a couple of years ago. One of my friends um, was battling cancer. He had brain cancer and he was really battling through it. He was 29 years old. He actually ended up passing away. Um, and I'll never forget towards the end of his life, and I remember this was probably one of the last times that he was really conscious. I remember going to his house, and his wife was there, his son was there, his parents were there. And I brought the Eucharist for him. His mom asked me to bring the Eucharist for him. So I brought the Eucharist for him in a pix. But that day, he was completely out of it. You know, the tumor in his brain was just growing and it was taking over everything. And so slowly and slowly, he was losing his cognitive abilities and he wasn't able to really be himself. And at times, he wasn't really conscious. And so this particular time when I went to visit him, he was completely out of it. Uh, just really passed out on the couch. His mom really wanted him to receive the Eucharist because it was really towards the end of his life, unfortunately. And so instead, because he couldn't receive the Eucharist, he wasn't, he wasn't awake and he couldn't physically wake up, we just decided to pray instead. So we started praying and we were praying over him and saying a couple of prayers. And as we were praying, I just had this sense that the Lord wasn't going to let me leave until he received the Eucharist. And so we're praying, and we get towards the end of our prayer, and he woke up. He woke up. He woke up and he saw me there, and he knew why I was there, even though he was still out of it. And I gave him the Eucharist, and immediately as I gave him the Eucharist, he was out again. And that was probably one of the last times he received the Eucharist before he passed away. There is a lot of power in the body of Christ. And that is why we come to Mass. To worship him, to receive him, and to leave with him. And so in this Mass, as we prepare to receive the Eucharist, that's why we're here. This is our why. Let's really be ready to not just receive him, but allow him to remain with us. Amen.